Welcome to You Sound Like a Girl. I am Colleen, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And three words that other people have used to describe my voice are girly, squeaky, and this is more than one word, but uh, like a sheep. Thank you, Colleen. I'm excited to hear the story behind the sheep. My name is Emily Rose. My pronouns are also she, her, hers. And three words or phrases that other people have used to describe my voice would be uh, beautiful, also having a lot of air in my sound, and low. You are listening to the You Sound Like a Girl podcast, the storytelling project that explores and elevates cis and trans women's stories about our voices. We aim to explore these social norms around cis and trans women's voices by investigating kind of what it means to sound like a woman and what it means for women to use our voices. So because this is our first episode, it's important for us to establish this kind of podcast space, this community, as what we call a good faith space. So Colleen, can you tell us what the heck we're talking about when we say a good faith space? Sure. So this is basically a set of guidelines that uh, we have used throughout the evolution and uh, life of this project. You know, safe space is a lovely word, but it's hard to create because everybody comes to the table with their own experiences, their own backgrounds. Emily Rose and I both want to acknowledge that we are both middle class cis white women. And because of that, we are bringing certain privileges and experiences to the table. So because of that, we ask both ourselves and our guests to basically follow these guidelines to have an open, honest, good faith conversation when we are doing these episodes. So the good faith space pledge is assume good faith in your fellow community members. We want to call each other in rather than calling each other out. Knowing whether you need to take space or make space, leave space for others whose voices and opinions are not often heard. Also, Emily Rose and I are going to be asking, why am I talking or wait? This is something that I frequently ask myself. Also recognizing and respecting other people's feelings, backgrounds, and cultural differences. Everyone has a piece of the truth. Everybody can learn and everybody has the ability to teach and share something. We don't want to use language that is clearly oppressive or hurtful. So we both hold ourselves and our guests to that standard. And then finally, this project has been a lot of fun over the years. And so we hope to have fun with our listeners also. Yes, I think we will. Thank you so much for filling us in on all that. These are things that we're going to incorporate into the podcast throughout. So... Now that our listeners kind of have a sense of where we're coming from, I'd love to tell folks a little bit more about what the podcast is, kind of how it came about. So Colleen, uh, as the creator, do you want to talk a little bit about what made you start this in the first place and kind of what that journey has been? Absolutely. So as Emily Rose said, I am the creator of You Sound Like a Girl. Um, I am also originally the director of the theatrical version of this project. It originally started in 2016 during our most recent presidential election Mm. um, as a conversation between a really good friend of mine and I. His name is Tom, and he is a voice and speech professor here in New York. After watching a lot of the uh, news coverage of the debates and watching the actual debates between Hillary and Trump, I was just really struck by the differences in how people were talking about both Uh, candidates' voices, um, and specifically talking about how Hillary was shouting and was very shrill and was screaming at him the entire time. I just was very struck by how, how, how different our media and how people were talking about these different people's voices. It clearly broke down to gender for me. Um, And there is a specific conversation that I actually had with my mom, who is a feminist, um, very liberal woman, but she and I were talking, I think it was after the second debate, and she kept saying how she was frustrated that Hillary kept yelling at him. And I was Mm. like, really? (laughs) 
<laughs> do you think maybe that frustration is is a little you know gender bias like if he was the one yelling would you feel that way in fact he probably was yelling the entire time <laughs> and yeah. like no 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 i don't think so so I, it just kind of stuck with me and i was like this is a really important topic so what made you kind of take the next step and and create some sort of project around this that that involved lots of different people you know trump won the election tom and i continued to have these conversations and i started to talk to other women about it and we were like okay there is something here i don't know what it is i don't know what form it could turn into so we decided to start hosting these workshops I would lead the first half of the day, which was just a facilitated conversation about women's voices, about the participants' voices, how they felt about them, different experiences they had using their voice or feeling silenced or different biases that they felt they had about women's voices. And then the second half of the workshop was Tom actually coming in and doing some physical work with the participants and having them use their voice, just experience what it was to be loud and be quiet and all of these different things. We recorded every single workshop. And at the end, we were like, wow, these stories are phenomenal. The positive feedback that we received from folks in the physical workshop as well was really overwhelming because oftentimes in our daily lives, we don't really think about our voices, but they're integral to who we are as human beings. So we then started talking, okay, so what can we do with all of this? We, we've got to keep going. And that's when we decided to turn it into a theater piece. Tom and I both come from a theater background, but the physical workshop was always a really important part of it. So we wanted to figure out how we could marry both a performance with an interactive workshop. And in 2018, we basically did our first workshopped version it was a huge learning experience. And then in 2019, we had our next iteration. During that, we were able to finally marry the performance with the interactive workshop part of it. I think that was October 2019, which I cannot believe was a year ago now, which is when Emily Rose joined us as our producer. And it was it was pretty amazing. Obviously, it's 2020 now. Performances and gatherings aren't really happening. And this is really still an important conversation to be had. So what are we going to do with all of these stories? What's the next evolution? We felt like a podcast was the next natural step. So here we are. It's a really fascinating evolution. I think it's interesting that we did just have this debate where, again, you had Kamala and Pence. You know, there are lots of different dynamics between those two people than there were between Clinton and Trump. But I, I'm wondering if you think there's been kind of a, a change or a shift in the conversation around cis and trans women's voices in the time since you started the project to now? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that the conversation has changed and evolved. Watching news coverage of that debate, uh, I would think I was watching CNN, and mm -hmm. it was a panel of reporters, and one of them was a woman, the rest of them were men. And the woman was specifically talking about how Pence kept interrupting Kamala and how that was ridiculous. And then one of her male counterparts, literally while she is talking about this, interrupts her. Uh, yeah. And... So yeah, so like on one hand, like the fact that we're having these conversations and the fact that, um, you know, Senator Harris is on stage saying I'm speaking, I think mm -hmm. we've moved like leaps and bounds compared to 2016. But then at the same time, like this woman was literally interrupted while talking about women being interrupted. So, <sighs> you know, there's some work to be done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to kind of call attention to the fact that we're, we're trying to be deliberate, we're trying to be thoughtful about inviting 
anyone who relates to this topic to kind of participate. So we've been talking about cis and trans women's voices. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about kind of the journey of the project to being for the people that we wanted to be for. Yeah, well, so I will say from the beginning, we've always wanted to make sure that both cis and trans women's voices are included in, in the conversation. And very early on, when we were still in the workshop phase, we actually had an entire workshop dedicated just to trans women to come and participate as a group. And yeah, I think, you know, it's just always been really important to represent as many voices as we can in the room when it comes to this right. conversation around gender and around being heard. Um, and we've even had non-binary and gender non-conforming people um, come and participate. And basically for us, the mentality is that as long as you're comfortable having a conversation that centers the experiences of women, as long as that topic, you know, speaks truth to you, then we want to hear from you. Um, but that being right. said, we've also had non-binary and gender non-conforming people leave the project because they didn't feel comfortable or it didn't feel true to their experiences. It's been an evolving um, and complicated conversation that uh, right. I can say I personally have learned a lot about over the past four years in terms of right. gender identity. But trans women have always been really integral to the project. Project. The project is called You Sound Like a Girl, but we've spent a lot of time talking about women's voices and making sure we're including cis and trans women. So can you talk a little bit about where is the name of the project coming from? And like, what are you, what are we trying to communicate through this You Sound Like a Girl project? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, You Sound Like a Girl sounds pretty similar to you throw like a girl, which is generally used as an insult, both towards mm -hmm. men and women. And mm -hmm. so a lot of the stories that we heard along the way were about this negative feedback. And so it seemed like an appropriate parallel. And a lot of the stories that we were hearing were about how the criticism started at a really young age, mm -hmm. that you were silenced in classrooms by teachers, by your parents, you were told you were too loud as a young girl, all of these things. And so both the like phrasing of it and the age implications of it, it felt rooted to the, the core of the project. What about anything that you've learned about your, your own voice or how your perspective might have changed about yourself? Because I think that's a huge part of the project that for everyone involved is kind of a learning experience about the world and about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that like has most impacted me and my voice is embracing the things that I was frequently criticized for. Um, and uh, just kind of letting go the idea that words like, like, um, or <laughs> us speak um, mm -hmm. has a negative commentation on you or your voice and just, you know, embracing how I sound. I do have a higher pitched voice a lot of the time. Sometimes I do sound like a sheep. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Nelson in third grade for that one. Um, <laughs> but that that is not like a negative uh, reflection of me or who I am or my voice or my intelligence or anything like that. So I think that's been, yeah, pretty big takeaway. That's amazing. Good for you. So one of the last things I'm going to ask is, are there still things that you want to know? Are there still questions you are asking that you're going to be bringing to this podcast? Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Lots of questions. Um, but I think the big ones, frankly, are, you know, why why do we hold these feelings and these opinions about when women speak and how we speak? And, you know, what would it look like if we start to let some of them go and actually just listen <laughs> and give people space? 
can we let all of our connotations about vocal fry go? Um, or can we let all of our connotations about, you know, African-American vernacular go? What does it look like if we stop judging people based off of the way that they speak and sound? And I know that that is a large question that is not going <laughs> to you know, happen anytime soon. I certainly hear some women's voices and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And right. when I feel that way, I'm like, okay, hmm, why? Why am I feeling that way? What is going on internally that I am having such a negative reaction? It would be great to get to a place where as humans, we can listen to someone kind of on their own merits. And if you don't like someone's voice, that's your prerogative and you don't have to listen to it, but it's not informed by stereotypes or gender roles or things like that. It always goes back to that choice. Like I am making decisions on the merits of this person as opposed to everything that society has told me to expect based on artificial constructs like mm -hmm, gender mm -hmm. or race or whatever. This project is not about being prescriptive um, and mm -hmm. telling people how to sound or what is the best way to um, you know, move <laughs> through the world. Uh, right. Instead, I acknowledge you know, there are certain circumstances where we as women have to modulate our voices or have to adapt in order to just frankly survive. We're, we're definitely going to be talking about code switching. We're going to watch some fun movies, hopefully, and talk about those. <laughs> We're going to talk about being silenced and feeling silenced, which has come up a lot today, actually. We're going to have an episode on voting, even. Yes, voting. Because in this podcast, we are going to be talking about both the physiological voice, right? How women sound, how we speak, which we've talked a lot about today, but also the metaphorical voice. How do cis and trans women advocate for ourselves? How do we make sure that our perspectives are brought to bear on the world when we say like, make your voice heard? How are we doing that? Why do we do it the ways that we do? How can we change? Do we need to change? All those kinds of questions. And in the weeks to come, we're going to be having folks on the show who have already shared their stories with us and whose stories we feel like everyone should hear, right? But we're also going to be talking to lots of new folks. So next episode, we're going to be talking uh, with an amazing woman who's an urban planner. She's a climate activist. She's a New York native who ran for New York State Assembly. And currently, she sits on Brooklyn's County Committee and Community Board 7. And if you have no idea what those last two things mean, do not worry. We are going to get into it. Um, she's also Colleen's neighbor, which is so lovely to be building community both on air and then um, IRL. So we've reached the end of the episode, um, but before we officially sign off, we're going to give you all a quick recommendation of an amazing woman artist that we have been enjoying lately. Um, and we're going to do this every episode and ask our guests to participate as well. So Emily Rose, do you want to kick us off? I do. Um, so this week I watched the Megan Thee Stallion performance on SNL. I had heard Savage before, um, but this time she really used that platform um, to advocate for Black women. You know, she plays these audio clips, you know, she she plays audio clips of, of Malcolm X, um, audio around the Breonna Taylor decision. And she uses her platform both metaphorically and her own physical voice to really advocate for Black women. And it was incredibly powerful. And I really admire her. And I encourage everyone to go in and check out that performance. How about you, Colleen? Yeah, mine is, uh, it's a little more 
kid related. Uh, it's called Julie and the Phantoms on Netflix. Um, and for those who don't know, the premise is this young woman has not played music for a very long time because she is still grieving the death of her mother. And one day she starts playing again and conjures these like three ghosts, uh, these young teenage boys who died in the 90s, and they form this amazing band. But the only way anyone else can see the ghosts is when they are playing music with her. So she literally, you know, brings back from the dead these amazing musicians solely through the power of her voice and her singing and the role is played by this young actress her name is Madison Reyes I think she's like 16 it's a super fun show really really cute uh, has been a great escape during quarantine so I highly recommend and it truly is the power of this young woman's voice that's saving everybody's butt it's great <laughs> awesome Colleen this was great I'm so excited to have recorded this first episode with you um, and I want to say thank you to everyone listening we really appreciate you again our co-hosts are myself Colleen Hughes and moi Emily Rose Pratt. I also do our audio editing and our researcher is Rachel Levins our music is Nice Girl written and recorded by Reverend Yolanda you can find You Sound Like a Girl online at yousoundlikeagirl.com you can also email us at yousoundlikeagirl at gmail.com and you can follow us on Instagram at you sound like a girl. Catch you next time. Bye.